You're listening to GID Radio, the best alternative for commercial radio on GIDradio.com. Check, check. For the beats, for the love, check, check. for the alcohol, for the party. <laughs> One time, like. Okay. <laughs> Letting the kick ride, letting the snare roll, letting the bottle pour, cups in the airflow. Love what you hear though, everything clap. Feel like the beat is everything, well then everything's back. Letting the speakers blast, letting the beats run. Word to the crate digging, word to machine drums. Get used to it as we proceed. Black radio for the lover, just the beat. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The kick gon' knock, the snare gon' crack, and everything is black, everything is black. Everything is black, everything is black, everything is black, yeah, everything is black. The bottle gon' pour, the speakers gon' crack, and everything is black, everything is black, everything is black. Here, black, 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 black. What up, NYC? Is that how y'all do it? NYC, NYC, what up? Thank you for tuning in to Black Radio. Yo, we got Stoney in the building, and um, we got Generic. What up, Jay? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. So tonight we got a special edition of Black Radio. For everybody that's tuning in, we got some special guests for you co-hosting. Um, first, I want to shout out my man Ilmine. He's over there at South by Southwest making that chicken lo mein. You know what I'm saying? He making well, that yeah, chicken. I, I think he's over. What, what is that doing called? The Ironworks Barbecue. Oh, he's bar. He's that's eating barbecue it, right now. Definitely, that's what he's it is. He's barbecuing. Is that right the now. one that's outside of town? No, nah, that's like literally right around the corner from the convention center. Oh, okay. So, uh, shout out to my man Rashid Zakit who put me up on that spot last year when I was there. But that's like, it's the craziest spot over there. Really? Nah, it, lo- nah, it looks nah. like some slave quarters and stuff from like, <laughs> from like the 1800s, but it's off the chain. Now, everybody that's tuning in, uh, we have two special co-hosts. Right now, we have uh, Ivan Barriers, which is go- he's going to talk a little bit about himself and introduce himself to the black people. And... um. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, I want to say thanks for allowing me to come here and, and be one of the hosts. Uh, I feel I feel special about this show. Be, I feel like I'm, I'm a graduate of the Blap School, like I call all it. Right. You, <laughs> got, you guys, you guys allowed me to come here back in. Um, that's ooh, true. You're December. the You're the first return. I'm, I'm the first return. Yeah, the yeah, first you return. I'm honored, man. That's what's up. Yeah. So I came here in December. Had a great time. We had a great show. I was able to talk about my journey in the music industry and what I've done and who I am and what I'm trying to do. So it, it was pretty cool. I thought it was a great experience. So since then, I felt like I always wanted to come back to the show. And then when they hit me up and said if I was interested in, in being a host, I, I jumped on the opportunity. I think, I think, I think a lot, a lot of people need to hear about this this type of show and, and what it is for producers in, in terms of like, you know, hearing the journey that producers take. Right. And how they end up where they end up is something that a lot of times you can't really get unless you, you really see it yourself. I mean, I think what's dope is the majority of listeners are, are young producers. And they're in that world where it's like, you know, before you really get your first, you know, placement or, or any type of shine where you're just like, what do I do to get beyond this point? You know, so I, I think this show provides a lot of that information. And also, I want to I mean, I got to give a shout out to my man, Sean. He's out at South by South also. You know, it, it's just not the same without him here. No, it's you know? Not. I mean, who am I going to take stabs at? 
Sean's, Sean's got the trivia. He's the trivia guy. He like, is. Yeah. He was. Did there. he study up on you? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't here for your show, but yo, he stopped me a few times. He was like, "Yo, this record right here." And he went in the, in the archives and was like, "When you did this record and started, you know, naming records that I hadn't heard in 10, 15 years." Sean is like our nod, 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 Yeah, he's <laughs> and he's a beast with it. Like he does his nah. homework crazy. Nah, he it's, definitely does. Yeah, I mean, being a student of the game, it's it's so important. But, but I, you have to you have to do yeah. that now if you want to if you want to succeed in this business you have to be as well versed as you can be. Yeah. You ever have people come up to you and just uh, like ask you questions or or they they come up to you like trying to figure out how to get on but they they have no idea what you've done or why they should be asking you All like the time. they they've they've done no research but for some reason they think oh this is the dude who could put me on. Yeah Actually, right exactly. <laughs> and we were talking about that earlier <laughs> earlier also. I was gonna say that it seems like. That is the path to, to try to get on is, how do I get on? Right. You know, without even trying to figure out how to do your own due diligence and, and you know, map out your own little journey. You always want to ask people, which I understand, you know, that's a, if you've never been there. Right. But I, I think people, people are just too damn lazy these days. Nobody wants to put the work in. Right. And, and the information's out there, not like when we were young. It's not like... You know, we had to figure it out. I wish now I had it's this. all online. I wish I had this when I when I was coming up. A smartphone. If y'all are looking, Ivan is holding up the iPhone right now. now. I'm, not, I'm <laughs> not picking Apple up. No, they're not giving me no checks. I'm not doing that. Now, anybody, everybody, all the producers who are listening in, please tweet us. Tweet me at uh, Stoney's Music and um, give um, them your Twitter generic name. Generic is G-E-N underscore E-R-I-K. And um, please tweet Ivan. That's Steve Jobs. Like, no, it's, um, <laughs> it's uh, Docs Ortho. That's D-O-X-O-R-T-H-O. And, yeah, um, and tweet. Bl- blap on the radio. Yeah, blap on the radio hashtag. Please um, send in all your questions that you have on Twitter that we can answer. Um, Ivan is here. And any producer that's even listening, I mean, he's full of knowledge and information. And while you have the opportunity with him being here as a co-host, he'll be able to answer all the questions. We're going to take phone calls Pretty, you know, a little later on in the show. But right now, um, I want to just talk about what ha- what's going on this week, guys. What'd you guys do? What is popping? I, I was hungover for about four days from my trip <laughs> to Charleston. <laughs> oh, you were in Charleston it, eating. It, it took eating me a while. I was eating. What was, you, what was you doing in Charleston? A wedding. I wedding? went down there for a wedding. But, yeah, the food there is crazy. And uh, the drinks were a little crazy. So Drinks was crazy? Yeah, that was my week, trying to recover. But I'm good now. Yeah, so, yeah. What, what, so what, that, what'd you, that was you, exciting. Would you eat? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, southern food. You look, nice. You look flushed. Like he looked like, like he got yeah. a tan. Yeah. It was the, the drinks or something. I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was that brown. Maybe I just always <laughs> look like this. Brown. I don't know. <laughs> oh, um, man, this week for me, man, I don't know. I've I just been, uh, you know, checking out all the new software that, that came out this week. Um, for all y'all Reason users. The new Reason 7 is about to drop, so I know you guys are going to be excited about that. Oh, my god! I'm gosh. excited. Everything's dropping right now. Yeah, we've got it's the Reason crazy. 7. We've got the new Complete. The Complete. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really go into all those different softwares, guys, and talk about all the new stuff. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I Ableton gotta... 9, I mean, whew. Um, I'm not hearing a lot of good things about Ableton 9. Really? Really? Gear Sluts. A lot, it's, either there's a lot of haters on Gear Sluts or... You know, people are not really happy with some of the new features. What's what's the negative? What's the negative feedback? Because I, I, I think I think they they're complaining about the layout, like the browser and a lot of stuff. You know, like how 
Me personally, when I was running the beta, I felt like the browser was was a, a necessary add-on. The way they did it, they streamlined it. Uh -huh. But people are having problems with the way it's reading their libraries and stuff like that. You think it's because it's been so similar for so many editions? Yeah, now right. it's like throwing people off. Well, it, naturally, gear slugs, they just love to complain. <laughs> Anytime right. you go on that site, I've never heard nothing positive on that site. So it is what it is. So um, what else is going on, guys? What... uh? What new albums have dropped? Well, uh, Mixtapes and uh, Justin Timberlake's album. I know oh, this yeah. is a hip hop show. Uh, it's not only <laughs> hip hop. <laughs> no, it's a, so it's a producer show. It's yeah. about all no, music. Well, anybody had a chance to check out the stream on, on iTunes? I, I, I haven't. I, you haven't? No. Uh, I'm I, waiting to support because that's what you I. You know do. they got a stream? No, I'm just like, you, you, They got a stream on iTunes right now. You can listen for the entire. Oh week. really? Yeah, you yeah. can listen to the whole album for free. That's. I mean, I listen to the stream. I mean, I'm. I love Timberland's production. I'm not mad at the production. Um, anybody out there listening, tell us what you guys think about the album so we can talk about it. Um, I like the last record. It kind of gave me, it was kind of weird because it kind of gave me a Drake kind of vibe. Because the beat was kind of like, if you did, you did you listen to it? I listened to a lot of it so far. I, I think he's really trying to capture this whole vintage old school R&B type sound and you hear a lot of like Michael Jackson influences throughout you know throughout right, right. the music and it is a Timbaland and Justin Timberlake record you know at the end of the day when you hear like those dudes have a certain synergy that when you hear their music you know like these are two people in the studio that have great chemistry and I can hear it in some of the records haven't heard all of it yet to say if it's a classic or not but I like what I heard so far does, does it sound a lot like suit and tie uh, no, no, no. no. Actually, Sud no. Sudan Tai is his own thing. Okay. A lot of yeah. Just when you said kind of the retro feel, I mean, My, we get off that Off the wall. It kind of reminds me a lot more of off the wall. Really? Really? Spots, yeah. I mean, what I what I liked most about the album, that it was very hip, it, it felt real hip-hop driven in yeah. a way, because I didn't, I didn't hear the musicality in all the tracks. Well, really, like, Timbaland's drums drove the yeah. album to me, and I love... Come on, the other, on, the, on, this, on the previous album. Or, or this album. This one. This one. Yeah, I, I like the I like the beats. Like I like the beats. the beats on this more so. I love the musicality, but I like I think it's more beat driven. Only, only I have one pet peeve though. Uh oh. Are you gonna rant? No, I'm not a ranter. No, I don't wear kilts. I don't rant. Um, <laughs> <laughs> take that as you may. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, the one thing that's that's a little baffling is the way people are, are throwing the whole. Savior of R&B title around okay. at Justin okay. Timberlake. I think he's very talented. I've worked with Justin Timberlake. I have nothing against Justin Timberlake. He works hard, and, and he's a, a, a student of the game. Right. Like He respects uh, black music a lot. Um, but the way a lot of people have been looking at this album, almost like nothing matter up, mattered up to this point. He's coming back. He's going to reclaim the throne and the savior of R&B music. Personally... The save the R and B music is going to be saved when we get some new A and R's. Mm. You know, okay. it's not necessarily going to be one person that's going to come in and make an album that's going to change the face of R and B. I think we need better, you know, record makers out there. Right. So that's my pet peeve. People are looking at this album like this is going to save the music. And yeah. After this, you know, everybody's going to fall in line. People are still going to be ignorant and, and ratchet. So this this right. won't change anything. No, that's a great point, though. I mean. A&Rs do have some control. I, I think a lot of them, th there's so few A&R jobs these days that they're, like, nervous about their job, you know? Super they don't want to make one mistake. 
but you then you see them throwing a crazy amount of money at, at some unproven artists that have had like one hit independently. All gold, everything. There's one. <laughs> well, I just saw uh, Vinny Chase got 2.5 million from Epic. Wow. I mean, yeah. But you know what it is. It's now, like, what, it, now, is that the biggest deal so far this year that someone? When's the last time someone got one? Uh, Trinidad, Trinidad got, got chunked up. Yeah, he got three. What did right? Trinidad get? Cumulative. I think he got something. That, it was. It, it, above three. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if it's on a schedule where he's going to get that as he delivers certain things, but he got chunked up. Yeah. But, I mean, to me, if you compare him and what Vinny Chase has done, I mean, he would he kind of came up out of nowhere and was one of the hottest names. Trinidad? Yeah, Trinidad. So what are you saying, Vinny Chase? I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing Vinny Chase. I'm just saying that, you know, the, I don't feel like – to give someone two point five million, there's there's got to be a guarantee of some return there. Well, you know, Ivan and I were talking about the mist, the mist. you know, and we were talking about the difference between people getting what they're getting because they're talented, or they're getting what they're getting because perception, perception, right, right. You know, we were talking about perception versus talent. You know, so we have producers who talk about you know their skill set and. and and so forth, but then you got the guy who's popular. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like that girl, like, you know, the girl that everybody knows from school or from the job or from around the way that has that appeal that everybody feels like, I got to get with Shorty. Yeah, yeah. That's what artists have become these days. What's up, sir? Omens in the building. Omens in the building. This man made this man made one of one of the, uh, one of my favorite records that I've been bumping for the last few years. As y'all know, single for the night. What's up, sweetheart? And speaking of, uh, you just dropped a, an instrumental version of of the Black Hero theme music, which is actually playing in the background right now. So, you you can stream that on Double XL, right? Yeah. Okay. Is that the only place? Omen is in the building, y'all. What's up? Oh, turn them up. Yeah. Yo. That's why I'm late. It's it's New York. It's New York. <laughs> That's what happens. I know. <laughs> what, what's the excuse? The cab drive, right? Cab. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Traffic. 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 Um, uh, Westside Highway. Someone jumped in front of the cab and it got yeah, crazy. Uh, actually, it was a couple of cats. Oh, really? Across. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about all the new um, stuff that just dropped. So since you're here, let's talk about your mix, your mixtape. Your Mi- uh, well, I just dropped a mixtape, instrumental mixtape. Um, it was it was an actual mixtape in the summer I dropped called Black Hero Theme Music. Okay. So I had a lot of artists on there, upcoming artists, Angel Hayes, King Mez, Denzel Porter. Nice. You know? I like so, Denzel Porter. He's dope. Yeah, he's dope. He's yeah. dope. Definitely a, a New York spitter. And, uh, you know, people like the beats. So why not do instrumental? Nice. So now, do you plan on doing anything with those instrumentals? Like, you going to do, like, contests, or you going to have artists send you their versions of those songs yeah. that are on the mixtape? Um, I just wanted to get artists, like, a lot of artists are like, damn, I wanted to get on there, or they like the beats, or whatever the case. So I want to see what artists come back with to maybe select them for the part two. You know what I'm saying? Part two. Yeah, you know, I was listening to it, and uh, I think my favorite is number five. Which one is that? Homecoming. Yeah. Homecoming is my favorite. I need them drums, nigga. Don't even play me, son. <laughs> you bet. Where's the laptop? First of all, where's the laptop? I need a laptop, man. I mean, you ain't bring no drum. You? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I got a phone. Come on, co-host. What's going on? Uh, it's my first co-hosting duties. 
<laughs> so, so, so we were just sitting here talking about um, talent versus perception, and Ivan was was. Well, I, um, I was making a comparison between artists nowadays being like shorties around the way that everybody wants to get with, and you you only want that that chick when you see her with somebody you know. Yeah. When you see somebody you know is trying to trying to holler her, then you feel like, well, maybe she is. Maybe I want to holler at her too. And it's become something where you see an artist, and artists have been around forever. Like you'll you'll see stuff like this kid been around for a while. Did he have artist aspirations? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But when he decided to put himself on a block and say I'm available, the minute someone started saying Trinidad, Trinidad James is the shit, and I want to sign him, right? Here they come. They right, all right. they all try to they break their necks because they feel like I don't want to miss out on signing the next great thing. Yeah, it's not true. because I feel he is the shit, mm-hmm. because I feel like. If I don't sign him, I'm gonna look bad for mm. for being a guy that then didn't sign Trinidad James. And to me, that's what's wrong with the game right now. Yeah, trendsetters. Everyone yeah. likes to follow the trend. Yeah, but we were talking about how cats. You have the guys who are super talented, but have no no swag. Don't know how to speak. Don't know how to you yeah. know have the etiquette and the way to communicate. Mm. And then we we're talking about the guy who doesn't have the talent, mm. but then he has the swag. Mm. And we we spoke about how the guy who really doesn't have the talent gets closer because he makes people feel good. Yeah. They want to be around a guy who looks better, who who speaks better, who has the most you know mm. charisma. But then he has to stay in the game. Mm. And then the guy who doesn't have the swag is behind the scenes doing all the all the work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever yeah. notice like on the on the X Men like the least intimidating uh, mutant is the one that got the most. Debilitating powers, the one that can really kill somebody. Yeah. Right. And the one that looks the flashiest probably got like the weakest powers. Right. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing with like artistry. Like you'll look at an artist and like they have all the accessories. They have the, you know, you got the $500 Louis belt. Yeah. You know, you got the, the kicks. You got the exclusive, uh, you know, tier zero kicks, mm-hmm. whatever. But your artistry is not as important as someone who's been honing the, their skills for considerable amount of time that person's been spending their time trying to be great or be you know what i'm saying be on a whole nother level right to the point that they don't have time to even add flash to it and, so, and that they'll suffer for that don't you think the the corporate takeover of hip-hop's been a big contributor to that i mean that's what it we, is we talked about we that, talked last about that yeah. also yeah mm-hmm. it's you know it's people who from outside of the culture who feel like they they understand what the culture is about but, right you know it's really about money to them well, how how about this right here? Like I, I asked an A and R that I'm not gonna, I'm not naming his name. Very, very powerful A and R got signing power. Mm-hmm. So I was talking to him one time. I was like, Yo, how come you guys don't sign more artists like Adele and you know artists that can have a career and you know what have you? He goes, Man, I want to, but you know we we, we you know our labels owned by a corporate by a board. Mm. So at the end of the day, they don't care about this dope you know long term. Artist Adele. They only care about why are we in the red? Mm. What's keeping us out of the red? Mm. Justin Bieber, give me 10 more Justin Bieber's. Yeah. Why are we in the black? Justin Bieber, well, sign 20 more Justin Bieber's. Right. So at the end of the day, it's not even like we're doing this because we, we care to preserve the culture and the music. Nah, it's all about money. And right. when you have a publicly traded company like Warner and you know, worrying about what my stock is going to look like next quarter and I got all these you know stockholders here that want to take my head off if I don't make any money 
that at the end of the day, that's it's going to boil down to we're not signing anybody that we feel is going to preserve the music, but we're going to sign we're going to sign people who we feel are going to sell records. Right. But, but we are in a music business. It is. You know, that, and that's at the, the at thing. the end of the day, you know, business is the bigger word in that. You know, what I mean, you have music right. and, and then it, you have business, and if if they if these companies don't generate the money that they want. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, even even look at Russell Simmons, who no one would ever say, oh, this guy is not about the culture because of what he did for hip-hop. Right. But the reason he did that, we have to look at it. He had a stake in hip-hop doing well. So if hip-hop didn't do well, he wouldn't have made all that money. Absolutely. So and, and maybe at the very beginning, he couldn't have seen like where it would really go. But when he started to see some money come in, he worked his ass off because... Mm. Now, Now, how does that then reflect for the producer so now you're talking to an A&R who's saying okay this is what we need for an artist right. so now how does that affect the producer because we are talking to producers out there and with them making the music that they want to make they say hey we want you to be creative and then they are creative and they're doing what they do but then they say be creative but then when they get there they're, sound like they're told but listen we want you to be creative but this is what we want you to do but it yeah. because it this you- is what we want to make money with so how does that it affects, you know, you, it, it affects you tremendously because what it does is psychologically, whether you know it or not, it turns you into a beat seller. Yeah, it turns right. you into somebody that's mm-hmm. kind of like worrying about I got to get a placement because I got to eat. Right. So if sure. they're trying to make money and they're not going to sign this right here, then I got to make sure that I put something up there that it's going to generate some revenue. Right. You see, and that's why like Kanye, Timberland, they stay around because they have their own sound and they don't really cater to what everyone wants. But and that's that's the reason why I made the mixtape too. Like producers should take, you know, take their own initiative to be like, yo, these are the beats I like to make. Right. I'm gonna put out my own project instead of shopping it. Yeah, you think that that gives everyone a better idea of what type of beats you really prefer to make? Yeah. Right. So there's, basically, there's opposed to some of your placements that might not be your favorite beats. Yeah. So yeah. basically, what you're saying is uh, producers need to take the initiative. And uh, like I, me and Elmine talk about it all the time, you know, cre- doing your own thing. You yeah. know, you've got the producer who makes beats so they can get a placement on a Drake record or mm-hmm. on a Kanye, you know, record. You have those guys who become like, you know, whatever, wh- whatever's happening at the time, they have to convert their sound into whatever's happening at the time. Yeah, and then right. you've got guys who create their own sound. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And could say, you know what? I want I, I have a relationship with this artist. Let's do an entire project. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know, in, in, in New York, like what was the last album that one producer produced totally himself? Premier? Jay the Damage or something? Yeah, Premier. You gotta go all you gotta go twenty years. You mean with one person? With one person, yeah. Like how Drake like Dr. Dre and Snoop did and Static Selector. Static Selector. Who else? Um Damn. It don't happen no more. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore. No, not often. Why do you guys think that is? Do you think producers have become uh, less bu- less of businessmen? Like, I mean, as a producer, I would assume that you would need to become a business person as well and take the initiative and create your own work. First of all, I don't think I got the patience to deal with one artist for an entire time. That's what I, that's I, what I, about. Wow. I was about really? to say that, too. Yeah. It's no. all about patience for artists, too. So, so basically, we're not building relationships enough? It's like when you get in the game, especially as an established producer, it's like, you know, you might be in call to do this, call to do that. So it's like you might have an artist that is waiting for you. And you're like, all right, be patient. I'm coming. I got, I got you. 
and you over here flying over here working here and it's like they're waiting and they're not patient and they might want to do other stuff other producers and the chemistry just start going crazy i mean how important is it to i mean i know it's more important for young producers but to really build your resume so it's like oh i could have you know, five tracks on this album, but wouldn't it be better if you have five tracks with five different established artists mm. to say, I worked with all these people? I mean, Doesn't that help your value as a producer? It do. I mean, you got to realize like this. If you got, say you did a track with Drake or Jay-Z, whatever the case, you should use that as, okay, I could get this dude from my block right. popping. It gives you yeah. leverage is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. You know, I know uh, there's a business aspect to that too. Um, Publishing deals, if you have more than two songs on an album mm-hmm. and you got, you got a publishing deal, they're not going to count more than two. Right. Yeah. So right. you say you go point. in and you, you produce an entire album on an artist, you got 12 cuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of revenue you're leaving on the table. Yeah. So a lot of times I know a lot of guys might look at it as like maybe it doesn't make the best business sense to tie up all these tracks with this project when I can give it one here, two here, right. three here, and, you know, meet my requirement that way as opposed to just dedicating that yeah. to that one artist. So we're talking about the producer who's established. More so, I guess, yeah. yeah. Okay. But, and that's what we're talking about. Why, do you, why don't we see more pro- established producers say, I'm going to produce, there. like how Dre used to do Snoop, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Produce a, a whole Snoop album. Like, why don't you see that anymore? Like, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons. I think we just <laughs> laid some yeah, of them it out. Is. That's what I'm saying. But what, what do you think? I mean, for for the younger producers listening, what direction would you tell them to take? Would you say like create your own album, like Omen did, where you know they get their the MCs, even if they're not known MCs, but they're dope MCs from around the way. Mm-hmm. Work with one MC, you know, that they're close with, that they got a good relationship. Get their and, practice on, right? Yeah, or yeah. or they or they make good music together. Maybe right. they have chemistry. I or say, I say right. do it all. Do yeah. it all. Do everything you can. Well, get, get submit, to, submit to a bunch of A&Rs too. Submit. Get artists. Brand yourself. Put your own beat CDs or instrumental CDs. Everything. Now, and do I, it think, all. I think the one thing that seems to work is when you find someone that's got a buzz, like how ASAP had his little buzz. Right, Nobody right. really knew him, knew him in the industry. Yeah. But the Clamps Casino and the ASAP... Uh, and all of them, you know, they came in and was like, I'm going I'm to build my bus, build my brand as a producer with his on his vehicle. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense, too. Teams is a big deal, too. Yeah. You know, building yeah. up your company, building up your, you know, your everything that you're doing. I don't believe anybody can do it by themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, you see the one producer guy and you're like, yo, I want to be like, dude, I want my track to sound like dude's track. But he's not doing it by himself. Right. No. You know, they have teams of cats, the dude that has the musicians on deck that's playing the bass lines, and he's not literally sitting there playing every single part, mm-hmm. but he's putting the project together. Mm-hmm. So being a producer, you also have to coordinate how all the music is being put together as well. Right. You know I what I mean? I think another issue is egos get involved. When you got that many people trying to all make it, it's like they all had to step aside and right. say, Rocky's first, and right. you know we're going to sit and wait. And yeah. luckily, the, a lot of them are getting their shot. But for a lot of people, they'd just be waiting forever. Well, that's that's mm-hmm. well that 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 wouldn't be considered a team. You know what I mean? Right. You have to be a part of a team. Cats walk up to you, say, "Yo, how can I get down?" And you tell them, "Yo, come to the studio." 
and they got to sit there and just watch or just be a part of the process and learn. It is a process. They have to. There's a process to learning the etiquettes and being in the studio, being around a producer. Absolutely. If you're not watching other producers, how are you going to learn how to be a producer? Not just making beats is, is part of the process, mm -hmm. but to produce and put stuff together, you have to watch someone do that. You have to be in the room and see how that is put together. Right. Absolutely. I think you got to be a willing mentee if you want to be mentored. You know, a lot of people feel like, you know, I want you to mentor me and show me the way and, I, uh, you know, I want to study under you. But you still have, like, you have uh, mutiny aspirations. Like, you can't, you can't want to take over that ship, you know, and, and total, totally undermine a captain. You got to sit there and listen whether you agree with what's going on or you agree 100%, got to sit there and be the understudy and soak up the knowledge. Because, I mean, what some of the best things that I've learned was probably watching people make mistakes. Like, I saw certain things people did in my journey, hmm. and I was like, I'm not doing that. Hmm. That was the lesson right there for me. It wasn't the great things that that, that individual did that made me say, oh, I need to do that. It's, always, it's a lot of bad things that happened. I wouldn't have learned about that on, if... If I wasn't a fly on the wall watching that person's failure, so mm -hmm. if you're gonna be a mentor, if you're gonna be someone's understudy, someone's apprentice, you're gonna you gotta sit there and watch and really learn. Now, what is the importance for a producer to have understudies as well? Well, the understudy can get hot and give them a job later on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's really real. I mean, uh, Jimmy Iovine was someone. Uh, Shelly Yorkers had a studio across from us at a touch of jazz. Right. He, he was a guy that for many years was a legendary engineer here in New York City. He worked with John Lennon right before he got killed and everything. I used to always go over there and just look at the vintage gear. He, and one day he played me a tape. He was like, you want to hear something funny? I said, what? He's like, check this out. He played me some John Lennon tapes. And they were recording in the studio. And John Lennon goes, I think John wanted something to drink. He's like, yeah, why don't you send Jimmy to get it? And Jimmy was the freaking, you know, young assistant intern. right. right. In a studio. Wow. And eventually became Jimmy Iovine, the producer, then Jimmy Iovine, the engineer, then Jimmy Iovine, the label owner, who mm -hmm. eventually gave Shelly Yark his work. So yeah. that's why you got to have someone being your understudy so you can pass your knowledge. Because at some point, you're not going to have that anymore. You're going to be rusty, and you don't want your knowledge and your skill sets to die. So to me, that's It's, it's good to get a fresh, a fresh take on things, too. Yeah. Because yeah. if you've been doing it for a long time, sometimes it's good to get a young cat in there. I'll be so, honest with you. I found it that when, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm uh, doing tutorials or teaching people softwares or, doing, or talking to anybody about anything, I find out that I know more than I actually thought I did. As I'm, as I'm teaching, tighter, right? as I'm, it, yeah, it makes me tighter. As I'm giving, That's a good point. I wind up learning like, oh, damn, I knew all of that? I didn't even realize that I knew that much about it. And the deeper and the deeper and the more questions they ask me, the more answers I have to have for them. And it makes me know, okay, well, wow, okay, I didn't realize I was here. And the only way to know that you have this stuff is when you're giving. Giving right. is a big deal, sharing. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a lot why we do this show. Because the more we give and the more questions we have to answer, we realize, wow, we've learned all these things throughout the years. Right. You know? Did you have a mentor when you came in again? Oh, man. Did a couple, I had a couple mentors. Do you feel like you would, would you be here today without those mentors being there for you? Yeah, I would say that. I would say like um, a couple of my boys who taught me how to use uh, samplers and yeah, they showed me the way, they showed me key theory and 
Yeah. So you, you so without them you wouldn't be here or you, or you would still figure you would have still been here without them. I think yeah they they help they help me definitely. So I, I, I mean I I feel like this like I know uh you know I know a lot of producers that's coming up now you know what I'm saying that they got their shot and you know they're on a couple of albums and they'll come to me like yo what do you think what should I do da 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 and I give them advice and it's like if they take heed of the advice and blow up. I'm not gonna be like waiting for a handout. Right. It's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you did your thing, man. You know, congratulations. Now watch the game. It's gonna, you know, tell them how it's gonna play out. You know what I mean? So, I, you know, as coming up with a producer, every little, any little knowledge helps. You know what I mean? It could be like, yo, uh, don't go this route. You know what I mean? Uh, flush the toilet. Stupid. <laughs> it could be just little tiny details that that work. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So if anybody listening got some questions for Ivan, or Omen, myself, or Eric, please call in two one two six oh nine six seven thirteen oh seven. Right. So if y'all have any production questions or any questions about how to get in the game and what it took for these guys to get where they're at, and uh, you want to um, speak to them, they're here right now. So take the opportunity. To ask them what you want to ask them. We got Kwame in the building. We got Kwame. <laughs> Kwame is our special guest, y'all. He's in the building. So um, we, we still got to do blapper crap. We do got to do blapper crap. Yeah, yeah. So we got the legendary in the building. So um, what else do we have to talk about, guys? I mean, okay. I wanted to talk about Reason Seven and all the new features. All and right. Any any one of you ever use Reason? Mm. I use Reason. But I need a reason to use it now. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever used it, though? Long time ago. Okay, well, they got a whole bunch of new stuff. Oh, do you want to take the call first? Yeah, let me take this call. Let's see who it is. Hey, thank you, calling Black or Crap. Turn your drink down. Is this the radio station? Yes, it is. Can you turn your... Am I online right now? You online, baby boy. What's good? Shout out to to the big homie Stoney and and my homeboy Omen up there, man. Nah, man. What up, boy? It's Buddha the future, man. You don't have to call up and show some love. Buddha, what up, Buddha? Buddha? What up, my nigga? <laughs> what up, what up, what up? Y'all good up there? Buddha, where you at, man? Buddha. I'm in the Bronx right now, crossing the street, about to get hit by a car, but you know, <laughs> I had to call the homies up, man. You know what I mean? I should have him up here right now. Buddha, what's good? What you working on, daddy? Man, right now I'm working on this good old machine, too, man, you know? I Making a beat as I cross the Grand Concourse and shit. <laughs> <laughs> About to get hit by a Mack truck and all that. Well, yo, I'm good. Yo, tell the people what you're working on. I saw the photo shoot, Daddy. What, what you got work? What you got going on? I mean, we was in the lab the other day with the homie Meek, man. It was, it was definitely a good thing. Okay. Hopefully, okay. y'all hear some work with okay. Grand Music and Buddha. All right, Buddha in the studio Meek. with Meek Mills. You doing big things, Daddy? Shit, I'm man. trying. To be, I'm trying to be like Omen's left hand, man. You know. You know what I'm saying I'm, that's what man, I'm. I'm that's what I'm screaming. You, I'm trying to be where you at, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, we also had a, a video shoot, and I had to bring out the machine too out there. Okay. Show okay. that native love instrument. You know what I mean? Okay. Shout All right, out that's to love. Native. Thanks, Buddha. I really appreciate you but, calling in. You know, I, I'm glad. I love to see what y'all doing. Keep inspiring us, producers, man. Just, oh man. Don't, don't get hit out. Don't get hit by no cars, man. No, nah, I'm on the sidewalk now. I'm on the sidewalk. <laughs> we can hit a win in the back. Man. I know. Right. Word, word. Thanks for calling. But, call- you know, salutations and God bless all y'all, man. Keep doing what y'all do. Thanks, Buddha. That's love. Okay. All right. No doubt. One love. Wow. That's for Buddha real. the future. That's real love right there. For real, for real. All right. Yeah, it's always good to have, like, producers checking in and, like, Stay, right, staying in the community too. You know what I mean? Yeah, see, that's the relationship right there. Buddha's one of the guys that 
you know, I'm working with, with you know, machine and mm-hmm. getting them up on deck. And, you know, we, we shit sounds together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Techniques together. We get in the studio and, you know, he, I'll show him some stuff in Ableton. He showed me some stuff and, you know, how he use it. I'll show him how I use it. So it's really important to share all those tips and skills with each other. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Definitely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, the, I think producers have somehow over the years we've developed a certain network where you actually do that and I think I don't know I don't know if it, if it's a certain camaraderie that that you need in order for you to feel like you know you're growing because someone else can show you something that will totally take you out of your zone you know from what you've been doing for for you know for a large majority of your career and that might be that one thing that can take you to a whole nother level mm-hmm. so if you close yourself off to that you know a lot of times in hip-hop and urban music we tend to be a lot more sheltered like mm. we try to block the, the flow of information leaving out but you're blocking that flow of information coming, coming in. in right mm-hmm. so i agree with that totally because as much stuff as i know you know as many softwares as i know i'll sit down with ivan and he'll show me something i blow my mind that i've never known software that i've used for years you know what i'm saying and i'll turn around and be like yo did you do it like this and he's like i didn't even know that was in there so if you're not opening up your doors you're actually closing you're boxing yourself in like he said Mm -hmm. yeah there's no way you're gonna know a program front to back it's just impossible that's you you don't know that i know program front to back you know every single thing damn right right, besides you you. thought this was man (laughs) come on baby well well, everyone else (laughs) what do you know what he thought this was front to back Come on, my nigga. I know anything front to back. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> well, say, no, what, you don't know. It? You don't know everything front to back. I mean, but I've, I'm, I've pretty you much study mastered. it. Though. You I study, study it. I've hard. been studying. What about Pro Tools? You know Pro Tools. Yeah, I do. Front to back, Logic front to back, Ableton front to back. You name it. I mean, but I, but I studied. This is my this is my fun. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Well, that's, take, that's I don't your... take my money and invest it in, you know, cigarettes or smoking. I like to. Fuck with software, but that's, that's your that's, job that's my, too. That's, that's my your job, job too. That is that is yeah. my nine to five also. Right, mm-hmm. that's my passion and it is my nine to five. But right. I enjoy. But I'm 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 still a student. Like I'll meet somebody who I'm training and teaching, and then they'll show me that one thing that I didn't know. Mm. So I'm I'm always super humble and I'm always a student of the game. Yep. You know, it's really important to be a student of the game at all times. Because right when you think right when you think you a master, see the beast with machine people. So yeah, yes, yes. Don't talk about me like that. Y'all gonna be shy. <laughs> and don't don't be emailing her for machine shit. Just uh, oh yeah, wait for know. the contest to come through. Wait for the yeah. contest to come through, right? Or make sure you 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 put your PayPal payment in there first. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Free, right? If you okay. retweet Stony, okay. you retweet Stony every day, three sixty five days, you get a free machine. Oh, sh- every, every, <laughs> every single tweet she ever tweets. Yeah. Uh, how about this? This is how you do it. All right, uh, every 10,000 followers, I'm going to give away a free machine. <laughs> machine. Anyway, that's what you okay. should do. Yeah. All right. You get, some, get some extra followers. So um, we're going to do uh, Blapper Crap. We're gonna okay. blo- yeah, we're going to get you guys to actually judge these tracks. I mean, whoever's on this list tonight is really fortunate because you got, like, two of the best producers in you the game. You want to do that now? You want to do that now? I, I thought that's what you were saying. Yeah, let's go. All right. Let's, let's Let get, get it, it, it popping. Make it happen. All right, you're the first uh, producer's name, Bizu. Bizu? Bizu. Yeah. Bizu. Hold on, wait for Omen. He... Bizu? Bizu's the first producer. Uh. 
Yo, E, you sure this ain't your beat? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Yo, E, I swear I heard you chop this shit up. Uh. 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 <laughs> Alright. I like the um the energy of it, but it didn't really change up. And uh could have had a little more dynamic to it. You know here's what I, I always tell producers this thing, man. Unless it's formatted already with an artist singing on it, mm. you got to get to your sections a whole lot quicker. Exactly. Okay. Like, I was sitting there listening to that intro, and I'm like, all right, this intro, it felt like it was, you know, a little drawn out. Mm-hmm. And how do I judge this? Do I judge a little, like, you would you would have skipped that track. If I'm an A&R? So, yeah. so you blapping yeah. it or you crapping it? I don't crap. I don't, I don't like you, crap. You, listen, no, you this is black crap. You, you got uh, This is what you crap. signed up for. Okay. You signed this up, up for V-Zoo. I'm on Twitter, at DocsOrtho. You can feel free to hit me up and talk, whatever you want to talk, but I, I got to crap on this. It's not, you know, it's, what about it's you, not oh? black. I have to crap on it, too. Yeah, I got to crap but, it. And I'm only crapping it because... But definitely, I, maybe I want to hear more, but... We, I'm only crapping it because I like the sound selection. I like where he was going with it. He just didn't get there. He didn't get yeah. there soon enough. What about you? More yeah, dynamics. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was just, it was as simple as can be. You throw a few hi-hats and it doesn't change And that doesn't mean is. that it's whack because, I mean, there's tracks out there with No, we've heard a lot less. worse yeah. tracks. Yeah. But it's, you know, it needs something. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, so I, anybody listening, if you want to call in and tell me what you think about those tracks that we're playing. Or, or tweet us at Blap on the Radio. Let us know what you're thinking yeah. on or these. Or call 212. If you want to buy those tracks... Nine six seven thirteen oh seven. All right, is let's that get a to sound the next, next one. <laughs> Put your sound click links up. Let's get to the next joint. The next one's dirt beats. Dirt. Dirt beats. You know what? That reminds me of some De- Detroit shit. I wanted to rap. Like I, like I hear Elzai all over this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Right. It, it had that Detroit yeah. Dilla-esque type, type mm-hmm. feel. But like that's an example of a track that grabs you as soon as you hear it. If you want to rap to it or sing a hook. Yeah. So. Y'all got excited. You, you yeah. see that? It's I funny because I usually like chops like that. And yeah. I wasn't that excited about that. Like, so you crapping? No, I'm not crapping. I, st- I still would lean towards Blap. 
but I wasn't as excited. I mean, the last. But track, the drums were dope. Well, let me ask. I like the, the, the last the, track. The, make you feel that this the, was blapper. Exactly. Exactly. What? Wait, wait. The last. The last track. What? The last, the last track, track make you feel yeah. that this was blapper than than it oh, should yeah. have been. Oh yeah, for no, sure. It definitely was. But yeah. yeah, no. I mean, I liked. I liked that he his bass lines were in key. You know, everything was leveled properly. He had a nice little tight mix on that bad boy. But it was and, still and, dirty. Like yeah, and he, but the drums dirty. was nice and big. You know what I mean? The drums were nice. The nice. He had good selection. It's just it's black. It's black. Let's All go right, to the next joint. Yeah, that's going. dope. Uh, this one is uh, Preach. I think is the producer's name. Right. Yo, E, I know this your beat for real. I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> not sneaking beats into this. Why are you looking at me? After you, you cut me off, you look at me. <laughs> Stoney gave me the, the slash to the throat sign to Man. cut that beat off. Just she, saying. She, no. didn't, she didn't give you the Reggie Miller? Basically. <laughs> uh, no, it was... Uh, what was that, that, that old... There was like some old track that had that kind of chant, like Gregorian chant type shit. This, this has got to be a, a first camera for, 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 for like an urban <laughs> producer show. This dude, this dude say Gregorian. <laughs> 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 I study my music. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, I think it was a crap. It just didn't really grab me. Yo, well, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't horrible. It just I agree. didn't grab me. Yeah, it was crap. No, why, why See, I feel wrong saying yeah, it was crap. I don't like. I don't like saying. Listen, that. you I, you getting sensitive. This is <laughs> no, black no, no, no. crap. It, it, this it, is it, black radio. You know what? If crap. you give people good criticism, I found a lot of people will tweet us and stuff and, and actually appreciate it. They yeah, appreciate actually, it. Yeah, yeah. Give it, them the good It could criticism. actually help. I think the drums could have been a lot stronger. That's what I feel. Ivan, look at me, man. This is you. listen. You're not hurting anybody by telling them it's dope, and you don't really feel it's dope. Nah, you gotta give get, them. You gotta give them the guidance. Absolutely. You know what I, I'm saying? Let's keep it 100. They're gonna get hotter anyway. Keep so. it 100 because they're gonna say, "Yo, Doc heard my shit. He said that the shit was dope. I just had to change the drums. The drums sounded a little DMX-ish. Is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> a little. <laughs> the, the drums was a little SP12-ish. You know, yeah. not SP1200-ish. SP twelve ish, you know what I'm saying? Like twelve bit, like, but it wasn't. It didn't. Doctor rhythm. Yeah. rhythm, you know. See the it's Kwame a, in the building, y'all. It's, it's, it's you can get about, on there, Daddy. If yeah, you, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to put him on. Well, we got to give him a grand entrance. Yeah, man. of we course, can't right? Yeah. But um, but but the the track the track itself didn't feel amazing. Nah. You know what I'm saying? When you feel something automatically, whether the drums is right or wrong, the levels are off. If it felt good, the, it would be just be it would just be a black. It has to feel good. It was a cool sample though. Even if the drums are banging, if it didn't feel great, then you know. Right. It so, was it wasn't very innovative. I've heard yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that okay, a long right. time ago. So, yeah. so, yeah. so what, is, what's the consensus? Crap. I'm, I'm crapping. I'm crapping. It. Yeah, yeah. 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 But it's it's but but like <laughs> like it, it's <laughs> Ivan. It's I mean it's like it. It's such a gray area, you know. It's it's not like this is horrible and this yeah. is dope and there's nothing in between. What's right. worse than crap, though? 
It's a bad word. Like it, it, it doesn't make you feel good about your crap, shit. Crap is in a sewer. Like you know, <laughs> but it rhymes so, with so black. You, so wait, wait. How did you feel when you felt? The, did it make you feel like oh, you didn't even have the scrunch nah, face. It, your it, face it, didn't it, scrunch. Did, no. Your face didn't do nothing. Your, your forehead stayed it, normal it, it and was, everything. It definitely, it definitely was not blappable. I, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't. I didn't get excited. No. I, All right. Right, so crap. 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 All right, so uh, the next one is MRX. Is that turned up? Is that yeah, it's a- where the other ones were. <laughs> it does actually. Oh, you're trans- I-, I see the waves trans- get a little bigger in a L2? sec. Hold up. That's as loud as it gets. Yeah, skinny L2. You want me to turn it up? Just turn to it give up you for him, yeah. Give him a little love. Let it drop. Let it drop, E. It didn't what? drop. It didn't so drop. That's all it did. Yo, you got you to gotta drop something. It just can, can we not, can we, can we not judge that one? Because his levels were really low. All right. Well, the levels are one thing, but... The, yeah. There was actually no beat was there. there. Was there actually beyond one key? All I heard was one key. That wasn't drop. even a beat. Let's let's just like I'm a Paul. Let me tell you, this, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me out of my shell now, yo. Don't send shit like that to be judged, man. Like okay, seriously, right? Like that was not even. You on know, the we've level, we've man. given people kind of do over mulligan type yeah, situations yeah, yeah. Like, on, when when the when the mix was really low and we couldn't even really tell. Right, but you could tell what that was. Yeah. Okay, so y'all gonna judge? Okay, let's judge it then. Come on, it's yeah, so crap. Uh-huh. It, it wasn't rocking. His no. presentation is a part of the thing. Yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah. That's true. If I'm going, yeah. if you go to the studio right. playing these rec- these tracks for Beyonce or Rihanna or, yeah. or, or Rick Ross or Kanye, <laughs> bring your A game. Yeah, bring your A game. That's real. Mm-hmm. I guess that's a crap. All right. <laughs> Marcotics is the next one. Oh, hold on. Marco- Marcotics. You know. You know Marcotics. Marcotics. Let me just. You know what? Marcotics last week. Banger, tore the house down. This oh, so motherfucker. He, he's a he's a return. Uh, he he. We, yo, we we bla- we blapped okay. him so crazy. We made the we made the nigga call. He was so ill. All right, well Play let's see what shit. he's got. Now you now you're putting a lot of pressure on. Yeah, you know what I mean, let's man, see what man, happens. Come on, got. let's go, let's go. It might not be the same beat from last week. If it's the same beat, Eden, not. Yeah, no submitting the same beat. <laughs> What's up? I ain't say nothing. What was, you want me to start? Yeah, start. I gotta, I gotta blap it, my nigga. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, he got 
I, I fucks with my, my Cardis. He got swag. I like his sound selection. I thought the drums could have been a little tighter on that, a little harder, but you know, I like it hard, nigga. So, you know, it, it, I mean, hey, <laughs> pause. You You know, oh, I can't say hard or nothing like that. Oh, nigga. Hey, yo, pause, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yo, pause, pause. pause. But, um, yeah, I'm a blapper. That's my dude. I think he hot to death, and I like the joint. Yeah, it was, it was a blap for me. Yeah, that was good. See, I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I didn't like the drum selection at all. You don't all. like nothing that's trapped. I thought you, the, if it's no, listen, no, listen. The kicks were felt really weak. Yeah, I, I said the I said the drums could have been tighter. And, you did yeah, not, I see, did Kwame's say that. agreeing with me over here, so yeah, I'm not the only I did, one. I did say and, the drums and I, I thought been. that the I didn't like the snare either. I thought it was. It no, was I a, said the drums could have been tighter. But okay, after, yeah, but yeah. that's the beat. That's a lot of the beat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the arrangements so, were good. So, Chris, Chris App, that's that's so, what you're so you crap, going with. You crap. Crap. You crapping yeah. it? Yeah, I wish I would have heard the one last week. He he, it he, brought, crazy. he brought the thunder last week. I'm happy black and crap at email. the same time. You black now? You change your mind because this be a, nigga said crap. No, could it be a brap? <laughs> <laughs> a it's brap. A clap. It's a blap or crap. Clap. Be, be, be focused. Make, make up your own mind, dog. Come I on. Think, I think it was a blap. Nah, I blap. It was a blap for right. me. I liked it. Oh, uh, so for future blap on the radio at gmail.com. Send one beat, only an MP3, and don't. If you send like ten beats in an email, it's only one's gonna get selected, so it's pointless. If you send te- ten emails, we're throwing that shit away. And most likely, Choose E is best. gonna pick the worst beat in that batch. <laughs> All right. Because last, hold up, last randomly, week, wait, wait, last no... week, last week, Sean picked the beats. Oh, the beats was banging. Well, so it was like that has come nothing on, to do with talk. me. I close my eyes and just <laughs> select. <laughs> So Sean was probably listening through yeah, you, to but, see which ones he I mean, liked, but that's not what this is about. All right, go ahead, man. All right, so this this, <laughs> this producer's name Ela. Ela. I, I believe I can't remember it's somewhere in Europe, but they said it's on our email. But okay. Yeah. So if you're listening, Ela, hit us at uh, on Twitter at Blap on the Radio. Give it a chance to do its changes, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, I. I like the sample chop. A nice little bounce to it, but there's a lot of samples, so you gotta be careful with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Story. <laughs> we we, just, we waiting for you. Uh, I I blap it. It's a blap, but it, it's not a solid blap. Oh my god! <laughs> meaning, <laughs> no, meaning, meaning, no, meaning. It has a lot, has a lot of potential, though. It has a lot of potential. 
it just still a little bit underproduced in some spots where you hear you hear he's trying to go for the drum rolls and all of that. Mm. But they're not they're not solid just blaze type you know yeah. drum rolls, which is what he was kind of doing. And I like so, the so, I like the rawness though. So but you, I, I, I like the dynamics. I like how, how it changed. You could barely hear the drum rolls. Kind of they kind of disappeared. Right? But I don't mm. think they were like they had that conviction. Yeah, right? yeah. So, mm. I'm 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 crapping it. You crapping? I it? mean, come on, my dude. And if you're gonna use samples, I don't want to hear the chops. I want to feel. You I want to see. You want seamless. I want seamless. I don't like hearing. Yeah, I don't like hearing the chops. I like the and chops. then the drums. Primo used the chops. That's not a primo. Dream primo drums was tight. It's tight. Yeah. Those drums wasn't. T- it just. It's a crap. It didn't make me lose my neck and scrunch <laughs> my face. <laughs> nah, it's a crap. I, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it either. So. I liked it. I blap it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just trying to go against pattern. you every time. Right, right. I'm always, always. If it's not an 808 clap with snare or kick, you you blap it. No. Yeah, no. he don't like you know he don't like trap and like that. He like he like the yeah, it's, it's nah, he not like that 808. cut and dry. It's not that cut. I know, dry I know. I'm I thought that was a good beat it. though. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is uh, <clears throat> CG Productions. And and Tiger beats better some people. I, I I try and figure out who the fuck these people are. But <laughs> CG Productions, I think that's this. All right. This is the first time I've ever heard impeach the president use, and it just don't feel like the shit is hard. Mm. Like, I, I got to crap that right there. Yeah, I agree. I crap yeah, it. Yeah, I crap it. Okay. All right, we're moving on, I guess. Uh, no, you It's, it's funny, I always know when you're going to like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, know, you like it? Oh, no, nah, no, she no, doesn't I'm like it. it. Yo, he, no, he, two seconds into it, she gave me the look. Like, <laughs> you already knew where it was going. Actually, I thought at the very end it, it got a little a little better, <laughs> but I'm still crapping. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want you want to chime the, in? No. He gave me the. You can. I was like, you better not. <laughs> no, I don't laugh that. No. No. All right. All right. This is uh, Harola Beats.
I think we got it, right? Yeah. yeah. But I'm going to crap it, though. <clears throat> but you know what? I think it could have potential. It could have been produced a little earlier because he had the right, like, mechanics. But it wasn't, I don't know, something didn't grab me. But it was still, could have been done better. It has, it has some cool musical elements, and um, but it, it still was a little subpar. It, it fell short from yeah, from that bar that we all set. From mm. like, all right, that's that. Like it should have been like a stadium, yeah, joint. You know what yeah. I mean? The drums so. came in a little weak, right? Yeah, and they came in too late, right? Like, yeah, they, yeah, the drop. Didn't like come. you were talking about, don't let that intro run. Man, so yeah, I have like I have like two beats. I have one that formatted for potential artists to get on and one that I'm like this is how I'm going to bait these people to get on it yeah that's right, what right, I think right. when I hear yeah. these beats I'm like who I hear on there or you know would I rap to it so would you rap. so you guys would say that there is definitely a formula for when you want people to hear your beats and then there's a formula for song structure and all that stuff. I, I think so. There's Personally, a beat tape yeah, formula. there's a beat tape formula, and then, a, and then there's the song formula. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna send your beats in and you want people to critique it, don't wait so long for the bang. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like a lot of producers at home, they feel themselves, yo, yo, wait, shit, wait, shit, she's gonna drop. Hold on, mm-hmm. nobody's waiting for that. Mm-hmm. They want to feel it right off the yeah, top. Especially you know, if they don't bars, see you in the room, they're skipping right past four that bars. Shit. Yeah. Four bars, the most. That's what I, I call and then that bring the your ADD. Shit. Four bars every switch up? Yes, yeah, four bars every switch That's up. That's that the human brain. Like, we had to hear something new every four bars. Our attention span is that quick. I mean, mm-hmm. some of these producers need to watch a beat battle. Because it's like, when you go to a beat battle, I've been I've been part of the beat society. You've been part of different beat battles. Everybody here has seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. You you don't have the luxury of letting a beat rock for 16 bars mm-hmm. doing the same thing. You got to switch that thing up. Your intro's got to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. When right. you get into the next section... Be ready to switch that thing up. Something that dynamic has to happen because you got the crowd there. That's how the same way you got to view your tracks. You know when you it, when you're playing it for. And then also, you cool. know, for a lot of the people sending the blap of crap, you know, like Ivan said, you know, we're not trying to discourage anybody when we crap it. Also, mm-hmm. but if you're gonna if you're gonna make beats, do your homework, study study your sonics. Right. You know what I'm saying? Study your sonics. Let me take this call and how you calling blap of crap. Um. I don't, I'm on the phone. I don't know if there's, if there's a, a lag or a delay, but I just wanted to comment on your whole uh, thing about when you submit beats. Uh-huh. Are you guys like? Are you guys looking for beats like as if it was a beat battle or like a showcase? Like I, I don't know. What, what do you mean submit like uh, a beat like as if it was a battle? Because I thought this was just like a critiquing session. Yes, it's a critiquing session. What Ivan is trying to explain to you is when you're submitting your tracks in, even when cats are critiquing you. If they're sitting there waiting like eight bars, 16 bars for the best part of your track to come in, before it could even get to the best part, they'll probably stop it because he's not going to play the entire track in its entire time. So if you send a track in for three minutes and, and the dope part of the track starts at a minute and 50 seconds, they've already... Yeah, we're not hearing what you're They're not going to listen to it past yeah. eight, nine, ten bars. Right. Because I think, like, when it comes to beats, like, the bulk of the beat is usually going to be in the hook. So I recommend producers, like, if you have the hook that comes in after the verse, I say you move the hook after the intro so so that hits you first. You know what I mean? All right. Well, you know what? You, you, make, you make a valid point. Like, the thing is, we're not trying to critique people based on, okay, you know, this should, this should sound like a beat battle. Let me, let, me illust- let me clarify that. What I'm saying is the comparison I use is when you listen to uh, – tracks from a beat battle is a certain structure that people follow because they know you, you're trying to capture you know 
captivate people's attention. You're trying to hold people's attention and keep them in tune until you, your beat actually progresses and gets to the part that you feel is the meat part, that they're going to feel like, wow, this is it. This is amazing. All your dynamics right, right. have to be, in, you know, you have to make sure you have the right pace for your dynamics. If you were playing these tracks for a, a, a label guy, mm-hmm. they don't, they're not going to have the patience beyond 15 seconds to hear that beat get to the hook. So that's what we're trying to, you know, try, that's the critique that I'm offering. Yeah, 15 seconds, 30 seconds tops. Well, um, I'm going to ask Eric really quick. The caller was asking about um, we're doing blapper crap and whether, you know, we're looking for uh, battle beats or whether we're looking for uh, different types of tracks. Explain to him what he needs to do in order to... to I mean, I would say just from the, the history of the show and, and, every, and every week, it seems to be the consistent pattern of, of what we like. It's not always the same, but it's what grabs us. There's, there's no like formula that's like, you know, it's got to be A, B, C, D. Right. But it does, have to, it does have to get into the beat pretty quick because if it doesn't, you get bored. Before, and it has to have some change-ups. So basically what Ivan is telling do you, guys, you, do you... Do you guys like top 40 stuff? Yeah, of course. Like, for example, like Justin Bieber, like, I, I don't know if you guys like Justin Bieber, but for, I'm just using him as an example. Like his song called Boyfriend, if you were to strip like, all the vocals down, it's, it's really just a basic beat. But it's a song to it, though. You know, and you know what I mean? So, like, say someone were to submit, a, like, that beat before Justin Bieber was even on it, most of you would probably crap it. But then when you put an artist on it, it turns into a whole new but, thing. I will, I will, I will here's crap the, it, Here's though. the thing you have to understand. I would still crap it, though. The, the reason that song, <laughs> the reason you can't judge it on the same criteria as a track is because there's a song on it. There's yeah. a lyrical element to it that, that people, changes, people yeah. not only even so much changing, it's the fact that the song itself is the feature. That's why I always say, I'm a big proponent of saying, the song is the most important element of a production, not a beat. So what I say to you is if you want a song written to your track, you have to make sure there are elements in that track that will make people want to write a song to it. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to sound like that afterwards, but in order to bait and, 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 and hook people in, you have to use that you know, honey to make sure that, that that track has all those elements in it. Yeah, but let me add one thing to that. If a track on its own is incredible and you're just like, I could see someone doing a song to this or rapping to this. This is incredible. The chances are the song's going to be incredible. If the, if the beat's subpar, it's going to be hard to make a good song out of it. What's your name, brother? My name? Yeah. Uh, Jeff. Jeff, thank you for calling. Yeah, thanks. Hey, thank All right, man. Your show's amazing. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Jeff. Okay, peace. Should we do one more? And then yeah, get, let's do one more, the and then uh, we're going to take a f- about three-minute break, and we're going to bring um, in the legendary Kwame. <laughs> I thought it was always Fridays. <laughs> All right, this is uh, Jersey Rick.
Um, I like the drums a lot, except for that clap part, the, the last part. I, I like... A little snap that was coming in. Or something. Mm-hmm. I like the, the third changeover. Mm-hmm. The, the third changeover started making me bop, but I, before that, I, I didn't know where the beat was really going. And um, this, the, again, sonically, like a lot of these records would be blapped, if they were mixed properly or just leveled, it, just the levels. Forget a full mix, but just the levels were just wrong. That, oh. That's that's well for me. Not that it's wrong. I'm a blapping it for it the drums. It. You blapping it for the drums? Mm-hmm. These records will all be. These tracks will totally be, sound totally different. It was an L2 present in there. Tell them. Tell them <laughs> what that is. It's like it, there's no uh, no master bus. Mm-hmm. Compressor or limiter in there, where I can hear everything just sounds tiny. Okay, but yeah. what what about the guy that doesn't have an L two? You know what I'm saying? Everybody doesn't have Every, an L two. Everybody, so, everybody software they're using has a brick wall limiter in there. Okay, well tell them what they need to do. You no, know, I, I just feel, and, and I'm not saying, you know, like everybody should go rush to do that, but I just feel in terms of dynamics, a lot of a lot of the music doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound like. Doesn't sound full in terms of the dynamic range. Everything sounds so small. And okay, so let's simplify it. Let's simplify it. Everybody's sitting in their tracks, mm-hmm. and then you're feeling that sonically the tracks aren't where they need to be. Just like I'm feeling the same way. But for someone who doesn't understand how to use the limiter or how to use an L2, you need to know how to use that, when to use that, and all those things. For a simple per- a person that's just making basic tracks, put it on your template. But how you say you saying what's the concept you were about no, to get into? I'm, what I'm saying is let's break down a simple concept for somebody who has no idea what an L2 is or what a limiter is and what it does. Give them something that they can leave with by listening to you say that. If you're going to critique it and say I'm, I'm gonna you should you have this. an L2, blah, uh, blah, blah, what does that mean for a person who's just making beats that don't know anything yeah, about a, an you need, L2? You need, a, you need a loudness maximizer. You need a, a plug-in or an effect that will allow your, thr- your tracks to have a certain threshold in terms of loudness, which is how a lot of the music sounds like right now. If, if a lot of these tracks were to be played on a major label right now, mm-hmm. you going in there to try to get a placement, and he leaves, and you leave right before they get there. Mm-hmm. They're not getting those placements because, you know, in terms of level, those tracks is not hitting the same way y'all tracks is hitting. Right. And in terms of Now, like the now sun- where can they go on YouTube? What can they Google so that they can see someone on YouTube? Actually, break that down. Go on, you, go on YouTube and, and Google how to use a brick wall limiter. Brick wall limiter. Yeah. What's that? He's going to make his own YouTube video. Who? Who <laughs> me? Nah, nah, I'm not. I'm staying out of that. Nah, but seriously, like, you know, a lot of people don't understand compression. They don't understand dynamics, mm-hmm. which is where, where, where dynamics is basically where compression, limiting, and gating, and all that stuff lives at. To mm-hmm. me, that's very important for your tracks. You have to make sure that you have a, a, a thorough concept of what the dynamics will do to your track. Like, the dynamic range is very important because it allows soft drums sound like they, they were recorded in Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, it allows certain things to sound larger than what they are. And, and I'm not saying that's the standard, hmm. but we are listening for certain things that are in there. So, and, and, we're, and everybody's ears now are accustomed to a certain sonic that's there in, in, in the music that's rooted right now. If you right. could turn on the radio right now, all these drums are just... Yeah. Off the charts in terms of level. Right. Everything is so in your face that you don't have a chance if a lot if, if sonically your music is not in somebody's face. Yeah. Well, this is well, this is what we're doing here. Blap on the radio. We have this show so that people who are producers 
and they don't know that stuff, we're critiquing their stuff, and we're going to give them information so that by the time they hear all of this, they know where to go, what to listen for. What some people don't even know what you what you're talking about. Can I jump in real quick? Yes, you know, definitely. Before my time, because this mic wasn't working. So, real quick, what a lot of producers need to understand is we're living in a, a purely 100% digital age, and there's a time when you can email a track to somebody right now. And if they like it, nine times out of ten, that and they get it to that artist, if it gets to that point, that artist is going to record over that track. They're not going to wait for you to send files. They're not going to wait for you to do anything. So your track has to be way above par. It has to be exactly what you think it should sound like on the radio right now because a lot of artists nowadays don't even wait. They don't wait for you to mix a record or wait for you. They put their vocals on top of your MP3, and then they go, yo, the record's done. Yeah. So, so that... The difference between having a good sounding track, a, a, a track with a maximizer on it, would be the difference between sale or no sale. It's just yeah. that simple. Ain't nobody got the time to be given all the, the and every most most programs come with the capability to do it. So so if you have the ability to make beats, you have the ability to make sure your beats are at a certain level nowadays. You don't even have to go, and, and go through all that. And there's presets in a lot of these plugins that I'm talking sure. about. If you go to if you go if you use Logic, if you use Fruity Loops, Fruity Loops comes with a built in loudness maximizer. The limiter just already kills everything you do in Logic or any other program. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is do your do your due diligence and understand how to make your tracks sound like what you're saying. You got to make sure that you're giving yourself the best playing field possible. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe they're young. Maybe they don't know. Maybe that's what we need to do here. So the piece of advice that we're giving everybody here that we're blapping or crapping is sonically, really start paying attention to Go on YouTube. how your tracks are sounding. Go on YouTube, look at them tutorials. YouTube has everything you need. All the information. Yeah, mm -hmm. pretty much. And that being said, uh, I think that's the end of our blap of crap. And um, we're gonna pop, we're gonna take like a three minute break. You just say pop a bottle. We're gonna pop more Coronas. And um, we're gonna come back with uh, a special interview with Kwame. Let's get it. Blap. Faster than the road, uh, rocks on my wrist, rose gold under 
on my hip, those throws bangin'. I'm riding diamonds by the pier, but when you stop, the only thing still spinning is your ear. Yeah, I'm riding with that all black. Raiders cap back, all black gloves. I made his man, but the ball smack thugs. These record sales, he's the ball back gloves. Not to mention the ball pack clubs. His impacts about his roars. Was. And all these new artists getting wrong deals. I'm only 21 sitting on the hills. Fire up in here, it's burning hot. We all fire. Should we take it off if it get too hot? Up in this spot, we all fire. Tell the roof on smoke. Let the roof on fire. What you say? We get loose in the smoke. Let the roof on fire. Uh. One of these kids is doing his own thing. One of these kids is one and the same. One of these kids is doing his own thing. Now it's time to say his name. Lap on the radio. I grew up on that record. I made that beat. I was 14 years old. Kick, kick, kick. Ladies and gentlemen, New York City. Let's welcome Kwame to the show. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, shit. Oh, my. Kwame did it. Kwame did it. How does that tag go? Kwame did it. Kwame did it. Kwame, th- thank you for coming. Thanks for having to me. Blap on the radio. We appreciate you. Got you got me out of the studio. All right. I don't come out much. That, that's I'm a, I'm a hermit. Just, just so y'all know, this dude has not come out. This dude, you, you got to really go to like, you know... Uh, five Secret Service agents, um, <laughs> one one chief of staff, and mad aides to finally and get to ninjas. Him. I got all there female go. ninjas in front of my house. Now. Okay, that's real. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with this guy. I mean, he, his body of work, what he, what how he's changed the game, his sense of style, trendsetter, man, trendsetter, Straight up. swag. I mean. If anybody is logged Flattery, in, get y'all everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody's logged in, the brother is sh- he's clean with it, okay? Yeah, my mother would kill me if I was <laughs> <laughs> um, Kwame, thank you for coming to the show. Thanks, thank thanks you. for having me. Thanks um, for having me. Let's start off by um, the beginning. All right. How it all started for you, who has inspired you, and who is Kwame? Well, I guess um, for me, you know, trying to cut a long... Uh, 20-some-odd-year career short. Um, when I was younger, I was inspired by artistry, just period. You know, even though records like Rapper's Delight and Freedom and those records when I was seven, eight, nine years old really, really inspired me, but I didn't understand that there was an industry of hip-hop. So being, being a youngster, I would study music, period. So I would study people from you know, Prince to Stevie Wonder to to uh, uh, jazz, like John Coltrane to, to Lionel Hampton to whatever. I would just study music. And, and as I got older, I knew I wanted to do music, but I was the type of kid that my parents were like, you got to go, you know, go to school, get a job. So I, I was trying to figure out what kind of job I was going to have. And it was everything from astronaut to... <laughs> Secret Service agent. It would, it would be whatever, right. but I never thought I can have a job at doing music. So I came from a, I would say, a very special neighborhood when it came to hip hop. Where, where are you from originally? Um, East Elmhurst, Corona, Queens. And in right. this neighborhood, if anybody understands this era of hip hop, in this neighborhood we had Cool G Rap, Beat Nuts. We had Beat Nuts. We wow. had Eric B. We had wow. Kid and Play. We had Herbie Lovebug. Salt and Pepper. Um, so these are people, sounding like Mr. Rogers, these were the people in my neighborhood. 
Wow. And these were the, the older kids in the neighborhood. So you would see them in the park jam. Like, I met Salt because Herbie was her boyfriend, and Herbie did my eighth grade prom, and Salt was at the prom, and wow. we thought Salt was our age. So we were trying to kick it to Salt, and we all got in trouble. So, wow. so, so this is how, like, you know, we meet and we know these kids. Eric B. was the ice cream man. Like, word up. Like, he would wow. be the guy in the ice cream truck. So, so <laughs> he was big worm. He, he was big worm. You know, so, so, so oh, these people in our neighborhood, you would see there was a lot of hip hop going on in the neighborhood, but the person that brought it to light was Herbie. And if anybody doesn't understand, like, the, the significance of the producer Herbie Lovebug, like, all the things that these big producers are like from, from the bad boys on out do now, Herbie did in 86, 87. And it was all from a school project. You know, he went, he went to uh, engineer audio school, and his project was to make a record, so he pulled in his girlfriend, Salt, and her best friend, Pepper, and they made wow. the first Salt and Pepper record. So wow. my best friend at the time was Herbie's younger brother. So I would sit up in the studio and just watch, you know, watch things where where Herbie brings home an SP-12 for the first time, and nobody's ever saw SP-12. So you're like, what's this? He's like, every drum machine in one. Or, or knowing how to program an 808 or DX. Or, you know, when Herbie would go on tour, I would jack all his equipment, and we, you know, learn how to make beats, original beats, or for Lindrums and stuff like that. So for me, it was like, yo, I want to do this too. And I actually could see somebody actually getting money and making it a career. So, so you know, I had odd and end jobs and stuff like that, and I would make these demo tapes, pass them off to Herbie. Herbie would shit on them. I'd make more demo tapes. And then through the, the power of Herbie Lovebug at the time, he got a deal under, this, under the disguise of saying, yeah, I produced this kid named Kwame, but it was, it was just me doing all, all my work. And so stuff you, like that. you were pretty much doing all the work. And, like, we always talk on the show about relationships. Yeah. You know, and... You know what I'm hearing is, you know, you, you, you did your, you, you knew how to be a soldier, and learn and sit and and have the etiquette where somebody would want you to even be around, where I, someone would yeah, even yeah. like you to be around. You know what I'm saying? Like we always talk about how important your career is as a producer to get in the door mm-hmm. by people even just liking you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I I think for me it was just a matter of. I, you know, for for all intents and purposes, I'm more of an introvert. I'm I'm pretty socially awkward and stuff. So even as a kid, when I would be around, it would wouldn't be more like you said, not more like a soldier and just trying to be down. It was just being a kid, mm. just there. Sometimes they wouldn't even know I was there. It would be <laughs> like I'm I'm wow. serious. I, like I would walk my grandmother's dog at odd times of the night. Just because I know if I walk the dog, I can walk past Herbie's house, tie the dog up, and slip in the studio and sit there for for three or four hours. And my father's like, yo, it took you four hours to walk this damn dog? No, he, he didn't do that, man. He was just trying to... You know, but those were the things. If I knew that Dana Dane was coming in on the 7 train, I would make my way 10 blocks wow. to the 7 train and walk Dana back. Hey, man. You know, and just have wow. all these conversations with Dana. Or, or I knew that... Dana and Slick Rick would be in the studio. I would just find my way to be in the studio with Dana and Rick and just kick it to them. And they looking at me like, who the hell is this 13, 14-year-old kid asking them every question in the world? But I just felt like 
music is all I do. Music is all I've ever done. So, so it wasn't a matter of, hey, put me on. When am I going to get my shot? I figured I was going to get my shot regardless. It was, I just want to learn and absorb. And I'm still like that now. So, so, um, that's for, that's a mature mentality though for a thirteen year old. Thirteen year old, yeah. Because most kids don't have that mentality. Yeah, where but he was now, around adults too. Right. You know, he was in, around. In the era, in the era, it was a little bit. Different. It, it, yeah, that's in that true, era, that's it true. was it was more. I think parental or older people. You, you know, at, in that era when you were eighteen, you were pretty much out the house, and right. you you had your own place, and you were starting families or whatever. Nowadays, you know, a thirteen year old, they don't. What do they think about? what their parents is going to give them the next day. Well, I was thinking about what can I go get myself. Now, mm. now let me ask you, when you when you were around Herbie, what was the first piece of gear? Now, did he, your first piece of gear where you were home actually putting ideas together was what piece? And oh, for where, me? And how'd you get it? Where'd you get it? And and what was your routine? What was your, what was your routine? Go to school? Oh, no, no, no. Home? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. First record, you know, I, I can give you the exact quotes. First re- album, my budget was sixty grand for an album, the whole album. Wow. I got eleven thousand two hundred dollars <laughs> as an advance. Wow. With that eleven thousand, I came downtown to Forty Eighth Street. I got an okay. MPC sixty. Wow. I got a uh, Korg M one. I got uh, uh, some uh, Roland. I can't remember. Rock and Soul. No, no Sam Ash. Ash. Sam, okay. <laughs> Wait, I um, said that. He said 48th Street. That's like oh, the classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, um, I got a, a four track, whatever. I don't know what I had. And it was a wrap. You know, like before I bought my own stuff, I had an MPC, I mean, SP 1200 with the big giant floppy disks. And, no, the 12 <laughs> had the floppy disk, yeah. but I had a 12, a 1200, and a DX that I would always borrow from Herbie. But, um, you know, but once I got my own gear, and it was a, it was a matter of, at this time I was like in the tenth grade, so it w- I would go to school. We would record out of a studio called Bayside Sound in Bayside Queens, and if anybody knows Bayside Queens in the eighties, it was mullet central. It was just like <laughs> white guys that didn't want black guys in the neighborhood. So it'd be muscle cars chasing us, throwing bottles, and we'd be running into the studio. Wow get into the studio and record and wait for our parents to come pick us up later on. But it was, um, so after school, I would on the bus, do my homework, go to the studio, go back. And, and, you know, by the time the first record came out, I was 16. So I had a tutor and, you know, I finished wow. high school in that con- conventional way. So but how old you were 16 when you got your first deal? I was 15 when I got the deal, 16 when wow. it came out. So, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what point did you start actually recording your own music? How old were you? From, from the start, because Herbie was so busy with all the other acts. He had like six other major acts at the time. And I'm sitting in the studio waiting for him to show up. And it's like, all right, I have pretty much this whole album recorded anyway. Let me just do it yourself. Polish it up, you know? And, um, I pretty much taught myself how to be a producer because the people that I looked at, like for example, if I was looking at a Prince or a Stevie Wonder, I would look at the back of the, the records and would say produced, composed, arranged, written by Prince. Wow. So I'm wow. like, oh, I guess that's what you gotta do. I didn't I didn't understand the concept of you need a some people need a producer or some people need a writer. I never understood that when somebody's like, "Yeah, he does my beat." I'm like, "Why well, you can't how long, do your own How long beat? did it take you to understand eventually, like you know, as your career progressed, like 
this is the dynamic and the relationship between the artist and the producer. Like watching that, her be just throughout the whole thing and watching how he did with all the other artists. Watching Herbie and honestly watching Dr. Dre because the first tour I was on was an NWA tour. And so while wow. everybody was wilding out, you know, doing whatever they do after a show, Dre would be in the tour bus making beats. Mm. So it's like, Dre, I'm hanging with you. I'm oh, watching wow. what you're doing. Because, and, 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 and Dre had the ability to pull people from the tour and say, let me do a record for you. Let me do. And so I started trying to... They didn't really take me that serious. They took Dre a little bit more serious. But I'd be like, you know, like, yo, Pac, what you doing after the show? Let's do a record. A record, nigga? What? I got a whole setup in the in the tour bus or in the in the, in the hotel room. And and but watching that dynamic, you know, through through um these great producers, man, it was just like, you know, I, I, if I could be somewhat a part of that, I'd rather do that than Chase chicks or whatever, and you were doing this in the eighties. Yeah, eighties, early nineties. Wow. So who who was all on that tour? Well, the first tour was this was like the greatest tour ever. I don't think any tour could beat this. All right. NWA, mm-hmm. Ice Cube, no NWA, Easy E, Public Enemy, Kid and Play, Salt and Pepper, myself, Digital Underground, Wow, DOC. JJ Fad. That was like the first tour. And because Fuck the Police was out at the time, every police force in every city we were hit would boycott it. And and, and another thing to be clear, when we, back then when we started doing shows, we did shows for 30,000 people a night. This wasn't no, we ain't do no club dates. Like I started in arenas. So it was like, imagine arenas every night throughout the country with no security. Wow. Doing gangsta, most of them doing gangster music. And the, and the other dynamic was there were mandates, there were laws, especially down south, that there were certain words or acts you couldn't do on stage. So the police chief would come, and they'd be like, okay, now you can't say fuck, bitch, pussy, dick, ass, blah, 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 <laughs> or you will get arrested. This wow. is before the, um, the sticker, the criminal yeah, 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 yeah. So, right. so what happened would, would be, all right, so instead of doing like the whole headlining thing, they knew that I was clean. They knew that Kid and Play was clean. So they'd be like, okay, Quam, you go on, and then Easy E goes on. Mm. No, 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 no. It's me, then say Easy E, but then Kid and Play would go on. Because as soon as Kid and Play goes on, we would have to sneak Easy E out the back. Wow. Or literally jump into the crowd and sneak him out the front because the sheriff would be backstage waiting to arrest whoever whoever cursed cursed or anything so and then we would all have to go in these cities under aliases or like if we were in Houston we would have to go to a a neighboring town we couldn't go into Houston because the police force was ready to just lock anybody up and we were doing like I said we were doing one time we did like what the the uh I can't remember the name of the dome but it was like 60,000 people in this Astrodome Astrodome and um no security, motherfuckers is shooting in there. <laughs> it was crazy, but you know it was a great it was a great learning experience. You know, as a kid, you've seen that shit. Hey, Hip hop came a long way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so now let me ask you. I, I mean, now you've you've got, gone from you know being in, in you know in your crib making tracks, and now I'm still in my crib. <laughs> now you're like doing all these stadiums and these tours. 
what do you how did how did that change your life and how did that change your music and your perspective being that you were traveling all over the world and meeting and seeing different things how did that affect your music it changed my life because i think i started with a chip on my shoulder an unwanted chip on my shoulder and i thought that you know just like a brash any brash teenager you think you're shit and then when you start doing these shows and you're doing these arenas you find out that there are people that are 10 times more the shit than you so for me it became like the most humbling experience you know, where, you know, I, I just remember dumb shit I would do. Like, I would start out and just be like, like, for example, we was in Oakland and did a record, con- we did a, a, a radio um, show and Hammer was in the radio show. And I was so, like, hip-hop. I was like, ah, fuck MC Hammer. I don't want to talk to no MC Hammer. Wow. And, my, and my record label was like, yo, you know, you should congratulate him. He just went platinum. Mind you, I didn't sell, like, 20,000 records at this time. <laughs> he ain't no hip-hop. <laughs> and then MC Hammer comes out and is like, oh, shit, Kwame, yo, they play you out here. They love you out here, blah, blah, blah. Wow. Congratulations. Glad, yo, anything you need out here. And shit like that, little things like that, would happen periodically. I wasn't a major asshole as time went on, but you would see humbling experiences, and people would pull you to the side and just talk to you, or you would witness certain things. So that traveling made me understand that it wasn't about New York all the way. And especially during that time, New York rappers swore it was just New York that existed. So, you know, I'm in Texas, I'm in Alabama, I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing Ghetto Boys for the first time. I'm hearing, you know, so you would say too like short, you know, people like that. It widens it widened my compass when it came to hip hop. So when you when you in that era you you would say like New York artists and producers we didn't have access to hearing all the different music that was we out had there access we closed our ears to it mm. you know like if somebody if I remember you know just you know I don't want to sound like you know the, remember the time guy but I remember being in the Apollo and NWA got on stage and everybody booed them yeah. the fuck is this boo and it, then Ice T comes on stage and people kind of respected Ice T in New York he's like no nah, these are my boys Give them a chance. They got a cool record called Respect Yourself. You just, I mean, express yourself. Just listen to it. It's kind of dope. And, you know, and you needed a, a lot of co-signage in New York to even it's get true. looked at, it's you true. know. But everywhere except in New York. Everywhere you went. Maybe, maybe like Miami or whatever was kind of weird for a New York rapper. But other than that, everywhere you went was accepting of the music that you made, but then why can't it be reciprocated when you got home? You know, right. so that was another thing. So I guess skip ahead a little bit yeah. to uh, after uh, after you were doing huge arena shows mm-hmm. um, and at, at the point that you were, I guess, the end of your deal with uh, your, your first deal, you kind of, I, I don't want to say disappeared, but, you know, People, people hadn't seen you on the scale that you, you they did when you came back no, in well. production. So what were you doing during that time? What, wait, what does that mean? <laughs> Falling. What does that mean? You said you fell off. No, what, I, f- I fell explain off because to... I think, like I said, I'm, I'm an extreme introvert. And, you know, nowadays people use that as like it's something cool. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it was like, I got so into wrapped into my little polka dot bubble wow. that 
I wasn't paying attention to what was going on around me and how hip hop was evolving in some ways and de-evolving in some other ways. And it got to the point where, uh, like, I remember having a a, a, a meeting with, with my A and R at Atlantic, and I had this. I was always like this grand visionary. Like I was like, we're gonna do a video like this, and then the spaceship comes down, <laughs> and then the, and they looking at me like, nigga, just make a record, <laughs> you know. And I and I would go there, and one of the A and Rs. This is like around ninety one. They're like, well, you know. Dress up in these suits and ties, and uh, we need to harden you up. We need to put some forty belows on you and put you, <laughs> put you in a lumberjack. You know, once you break that hair a little bit, da, da, da. Wow. and then from that point, I was like, oh, "Fuck y'all!" And I bounced. So it wasn't a point of right. getting dropped. It was a point of I'm not. I'm out. If you're gonna have me do that, I'm out. And and I got on. I got on my artistic. I'm just making records for me right now. And just being in the crib for years, just zoning out. But what I, was, what I ended up doing was learning how to be a better producer. Hmm. I didn't think about it at that time because, for the most part, all I did was produce for myself. Right. And, and once I thought that I can break out from Atlantic Records and easily get a deal somewhere else that was better than the Atlantic Records deal and found out that... What I was doing wasn't in style anymore. Made me learn that, you know what, let me go back to the drawing board and I can either be two things. I can say, you know what, it was the ride was fun. I'm now a casualty of war and I'll just figure something out else to do or do what I feel that I was meant to do, which was music. So I just retreated and tried to, you know, hone my craft. Now now moving fast forward, what what was the the next big Thing for you after th- those lessons. Well, one of the kids, one of the people I grew up with was um, a producer named Ron Amon Ra Lawrence. And and if anybody knows yeah, yeah. Ron Lawrence, yeah. he was one of the hitmen for for Bad Boy. Mm-hmm. And we grew up on the same block. And um, Ron started coming to the crib, just checking me out, like, "Yo, what the hell are you doing? What are you? What you been doing? Where are you? You don't come out. What's going on?" So they play. So I would play him some beats, and and he was on some. Yo, I think I could sell these beats. And I'm like, what do you mean, like sell them? Like, you know, I think I could sell them to other artists, you know, and you can get some production. All right, whatever. You try it out. Do what you got to do. And so, so Ron started using my tracks under his production company, and immediately we landed um, a Mary J. Blige placement. Wow. And three LL Cool J placements. I'm talking about within like two weeks of me giving him the track, and so he's like, "Yo, you know, you you back on?" I'm like, "I don't know, whatever." <laughs> what year is all of this? This is two. This is '99, 2000. Wow. So, with those placements, the only thing was, Ron convinced me that, and this is no disrespect to Ron because me and Ron are boys to this day. But Ron convinced me that my name was Dirt in the music industry. So I should go under an alias or go under his production company, basically be a ghost producer. And I was just like, well, whatever, let's see, let's see how that works. And you know, so I, I adopted a name called K1 Mill for like all of two records. And I was at this time, you would have to go to the studio and 
relay your beat. You know what I'm saying? You don't you didn't hand in Pro Tools files or anything like that. You had to track out everything. You had to rent all your equipment and you had to track it all out. So I'm tracking a beat out and in walks LL and he's like, Yo, Quan, what the hell are you doing here? Oh, I did this record. So once I said that to him, he was like, wait, you're the one that's been doing these records? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He said, I thought it was Ron. I was like, no, nah, it's, it's been me. So then the word spread around, and that's how uh, more more stuff came. And I think the one that, the hip-hop record that brought everything to light was the On Fire by um, Lloyd, Lloyd Brand, Banks. Yeah. But there was a lot of placements before that On Fire, but the one that put it. Now, I mean, for me, I mean, what did you use for that record? That record was insane. Yeah, Dude, you... It's a big record. The weird thing about that record was... I didn't like the beat at first. Oh, my God. One. Number two, when I, when I made the track, I got into a sample issue because, to this day, a lot of people think I chop um, Champ. When I actually... Resampled a Hammond B3 organ. I played a portion of Champ and then I resampled it. My whole thing is I want to make records that sound like samples. Mm. So I'm a big proponent, I'm a big believer in live musicians. So I'm always, more than VSTs, I, I incorporate a lot of live musicians in even the simplest tracks. So chopping up the Hammond B3. And and making you know the 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 pattern around it. You know I didn't know what was going to happen with that beat, and I sent it to Shamani XL for just sending beats out. And I think I got called a year later. Wow! And and it was like, yo, this is Lloyd Banks' a single. And my first reaction was, what about fifty? <laughs> <laughs> And it was like, no, nah, I'm telling you, it's going to be a big record, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, ah, okay, well, you know, all right. And, and I think um, there, was, there, there was a discrepancy because Eminem didn't like the beat because it didn't have no hi-hats in it. Yeah. And I'm like, the fuck you need hi-hats for? Like, you know, like every beat don't need hi-hats. Mm-hmm. So, so we went through this thing where he added some hi-hats to it. And and keyboard line at the end and everything and he got his little pub on it. Yeah, you know <laughs> he, he got he tried to get a lot of pub on it, but you know, and it started when the the promos to the record came out. It was produced by Eminem, so I was like, wait a minute, this is my real real next shot. Wait. Y'all either going to kill this record or give me my give me my just do. Let, let me let me ask you a question because th- this right here borders on etiquette and a lot of times this can either make or break your career how you in terms of credit that is like the most sensitive thing how did you handle that where you where you did it in a way where you didn't piss off the whole eminem you know machine i never did another record for eminem but (laughs) but and i and i understood that that could possibly happen but at the same time my thing was if i'm going to get this reshot I ain't going under no alias. Right. And you're going to, to me, credit is worth way more than, sometimes credit is worth more than publishing yeah. in certain areas. you get more work. Yeah. And me. way more than what the producer fee is. I don't, yeah. care what a, I don't care about no producer fee. Mm-hmm. Give me my credit. Mm. 
and you know you got me jumping through all these hoops and and you know everything was in secrecy we're gonna mix the record in secrecy we're gonna do this we're gonna do that yo if you're gonna put me through all that yo give me my credit and it wasn't a, a, a obnoxious conversation it was just a factual conversation it's like i'm not a new dude now what what is the what is the importance of the whole secrecy thing like what i, I hear a couple of producers use that and say that what what is that about? I think I think with with a lot of artists, a lot of artists are armchair producers, and a lot of managers are armchair producers. So explain what does that mean? Meaning, they have they think that they can be a producer, mm-hmm. and a lot of producers who walk around with the cape and it has a big P on the back of the cape, like they're a super producer, think. They're just glorified beat makers. Yeah. So when you have all that in the in the mix, an artist or the team around the artist doesn't have the time to sit and have a, or doesn't want to take the time to sit and have a creative conversation with a, a real producer. Yeah. They don't even want to find out if this producer is a real producer or not. Right. So they're like, we have the track. We have all the all it all laid out. We're going to configure this music the way we want to configure this music. Right. Thanks. It's like you know. Thanks for the sex. I'm out. Here goes your money. Let's right, let's bounce. Right. right. Yeah. You know. And and now for the producers that are listening, how do they protect themselves from that happening? And you know, like like Doc was just saying, you know, what is the appropriate well for way I can to only protect themselves from from for from me, being lost in the sauce? Yeah. For me, what I do. My, I try to, to bond with the artist. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not that good. I know what I'm good at. No, no, I'm not good at I'm not good at playing beats for A&Rs and getting placement. I have never gotten a placement that way, ever, ever in my career. So the only way I get placements is if I can connect with an artist and build a record with an artist and we make this record from scratch. Or even if it's if me playing beats for an artist, the artist can then tell me, yo, man, if we change it like this or we could do this, and then and it's a back and forth and you're actually building a record like for real. Yeah. So so that's my that's my personal uh my personal way of getting through that. Um but once you hand it off to an A and R or to an artist manager and you're out the picture, you're out the picture. Right. And then you got to sit there and do a seance or whatever to find out <laughs> if you're going to actually make the, make it in the picture. Yeah, the middleman right. is something else. When they yeah. get the middleman, then the middleman to the middleman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The middle that 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 can make or break any situation. Well, you record. also know, like, and we we have some of the same people that we work with yeah, in yeah. terms of business. There's also a. It's a fact. You do not send your files out until there's a producer's deck yep. and some type of compensation in the works already. A what, is there a what? A produ- pr- producer's declaration, meaning these are the terms that I'm going to agree to produce this record. It's almost yeah. like a, a one sheet. A short not, form, a of, short a form of, of, a, of, the, of the longer form A producer's deck. Now, does that apply to someone? I mean, we got guys listening to the radio show right now. How does that apply to somebody? It applies who's to everybody. It's a producer's yeah. deck? Producer's declaration. A label cannot... So can they Google music? that? And, and, yeah, and you can definitely Google producer's that. Producer's declaration. Yeah. The, the, but this is the issue. This is the big issue. And I don't want, I hope producers don't take offense. I ho- actually, I hope y'all do take offense. A lot of producers have become whores. 
And what that means is they will do whatever it takes to get on. And the things that the actual things that protect us as producers, like contracts, like um, the the producer declaration, uh, uh, negotiations, split sheets, split, split sheets. sheets, all of this stuff that protect us, producers throw out of the window because they want to be on a record with Rick Ross or whoever the hell. And when you do that, for established producers such as myself or or Docs or anybody, when we when we walk in knowing our rights, sometimes a label wants to back up because they're like, why should we go through all this shit with you when, when homie down the block will give us this beef for a bag of weed and $500 and we ain't got to go through nothing. And we got all the publishing now. And, and over the last couple of years, the game has totally flipped mm-hmm. because of the whore producers that are out there. And mm-hmm. you can't really blame them for being whores because they that's all they know. They nobody is nobody's putting it in their head what what it takes and the right things that it takes for it to happen. And they can't understand why they join us all over the radio, why why artists just jack their beats, put them on mixtapes, mm-hmm. make money off them sh- on shows, and you sitting here in the same position you was to begin right to, to begin, begin with, with yeah. and all you got is bragging rights. Yeah, that's my beat that homie's rapping to right now. <laughs> like that, word? Isn't that what happened with the um the Trinidad James thing, like yeah, that is what happened. He, he just put it up for free, yeah, just but, whoever wants to use it. And then he met the producer, and the producer was like, "Yeah, I'm the guy that did the beat." He's like, uh, "Okay, wow." <laughs> he just didn't <laughs> care. <laughs> All right, like, like you're welcome. Yeah, There's yeah, because career. because you know, like, like for example, I, I I have a son, and my son is is heavily into music, and 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 Dejan, he he likes to, he he's a good, he's a dope rapper, and he's a he can produce too. But as a rapper, he's like, why should I wait for somebody to make me a beat when I can go on blah, 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 dot com and just pull this joint for free? Mm-hmm. So then he comes up with a demo, and I'm like, all right, who made these beats? I don't know. Right. Wow. I'm going to put this out, though. I'm going to make this mixtape. That, that devalues the producer yeah, so yeah. much. It's crazy. You know, and it's like, and, and producers keep allowing themselves to be this way. And, and I can't, you know, but what's the alternative? You want to get on, what do you, you know, right. what's I mean, the other alternative? That, that's, that comes to my next question. I mean, they don't have the leverage that someone who's more established in the industry has. So what would you recommend for them if they have zero placements, they're just trying to do anything they can to get on? You know, I, you know, my recommendation is... I, I, I treat it like a... Like, <laughs> back to this whore thing, this porn star thing. I treat it like a porn star. If you're going to get in the game as a porn star, at least have the vision to say that at least... At one point in time, I'm going to be a producer and a director of these pornos. <laughs> right. You know, like, right. don't just, you can't. At least take charge of your, take charge of yeah, your, your like career. Yeah, like, if you know that this one beat could get you on, learn what you have to learn up until that point. And if you got that, if that freebie got you on, don't keep doing it after that. Right, you know, right. like, then you, then you at least your name holds a little weight if, yeah, you, yeah. if you use it correctly. Now, really quick, we're running out of time, but what do you use? I mean, this question is for everybody. So, you know, this is for Ivan's, for Omen, but Kwame, what are you using these days? Mm-hmm. And um, how is uh, technology uh, affecting your sound today? And how does it benefit you? And how does it not benefit the producers well? Like, give me your whole take on well, the, the software you're using and all that, that good stuff, the creative stuff. My, my studio is very eclectic, and, and it's a mixture of 
hardware, software, vintage, and live. Nice. Like, I mix everything. You know, I'm not one of those producers. What are you mixing in? Like, what am I mixing in? I'm, I'm mixing either in Pro... I'm most like Pro Tools guy. Okay. So, um, so if I'm mixing Pro Tools, which is industry, pretty much industry standard for the most part for me, so, like, I'm mixing Pro Tools, but, like, I have a 48-track Mackie board, so I run everything per channel and, and pre-mix, and then the warmth of that Mackie board goes into what I put in. So you have like a summing bus. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, so for example, I may have my laptop right here with, I don't know, contact in it, for example, and all the stuff that comes with that, and then I'll have a MPC 2000XL, you know? Nice, like, nice. And, and it'll be old, it'll be new. I also use a, 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 um, a Nico and the Open Labs Nico. I use that a lot. I have a lot of my VSTs in the Nico. Um, <laughs> but then I use Moogs and Wurlitzers and nice. Rhodes and stuff like that. One thing I don't bullshit on, that's just for me, strings. Got to be live strings. Okay. Like I, right. I'll play them, but somebody has to come in. Now, do you, and, you cut them live in your spot? And yeah, everything? yeah, yeah. It got to be live strings, live guitar, live horns for me. What kind of mics are you using for the for cutting the strings? Uh, I, I have a U87 and a U47, nice. and I oh, just yeah. either one of those two. And like I do it grimy. Like I try to, I don't try to be all pretty with it and because 47 is sweet. That's this. <laughs> but but I try to I try to, on some level because I'm into samples and stuff like that. I try to cut records as dirty as possible, wow. so it just feels that way. If I could, if I could have a a, a two inch, twenty four track machine nice. in my house, I would. I would have that too. So I, I, I just try to blend everything. Do you ever create in software? Like I know you use the the two thousand. Mm-hmm. Do you ever like make tracks like in any other platform? I try. I I try to do Pro Tools tracks. I try to do. Logic tracks, and I feel like I'm in a box okay. at times. You know, like I, I do it, but then I got to bring it somewhere else and, and expand it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, some people are great at having a laptop and, and, and a USB keyboard and a pair of headphones, and they can make the greatest music. Me, I feel like yo, you got. I'm claustrophobic in this in this thing. I, I gotta have it. Like, ah, I'm I'm weird. Yeah, I think he need a machine or something. To be, I gotta get him on the machine. See, like, yeah, yeah, you know people, like, like for example, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't get him one yet. Nah, I'm about to. I'm gonna lay some. Come on, baby, can I? <laughs> like for example, your man, your man, um, um, Buddha the Future. Yeah, he's working on a a, a project. There's a girl named Cat Raquel that I work very closely with. So they yeah. were doing this promo thing and. Buddha had this, I don't know what machine it's is. Machi- yeah, I sent it to him. He had a white yeah. one with all these different <laughs> yeah, colors. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like, man, you like that? And he was like, yeah, this is dope. And I'm, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it looks dope. I just don't, I, did, I didn't know what he was Okay, you know. so y'all, y'all are watching now. I'm going to have him on deck in like two or three weeks. You're going to be like, yeah, this shit kind of dope, Sony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely. I put, I, any new equipment, I gravitate to new things. Like, nice. I don't want to be stuck into some kind of like, oh, I ain't doing that. You know, right. there's people that just anti anything computer, anything okay. new. And yo, I think that keeps a, a producer fresh. The yo, more I, new equipment and stuff. So what you using now, Doc? Man, I don't use nothing. Synsonic <laughs> drums. Synsonic <laughs> drums. Yeah, I use the sequential shit. circuits. <laughs> That's a real throwback old joint. <laughs> yes. Now, um, 
I've, I've been using pretty much for the duration of my career. I've been using Logic, and probably like two years ago, a little would bit you, over. Would you say you're a pro user? No, I'm not a pro user. <laughs> He's a power user. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a X Men user. No, but um, I've been using Logic, and about a year and a half, I kind of started. I've been using Pro Tools just to, you know to track and mix all my records. Logic has been a primary DAW for me to like build tracks from scratch. I originally started like on the MPs and ASR tens and all of that. And when I st- when I discovered Logic, I found that I can get all my drums and everything in all my sound library in there. And I made that shift. Now over the years, it it, it didn't sound as good. It used to sound real light in the ass, like. You know, with the converters and all that stuff, you know, people always complain about digital and analog. I felt like there was something not there, so I would still use, like, the MP. But I think now, with all the plugins that, that I, I have at my disposal, I can make anything sound like I did it in, in, the, in the analog world. But about a year and a half ago, I switched over to Ableton. Cute. Just, just to add to, like, you know, what I was doing. Because Ableton, when I, when I started using it, the editing features on it with the the flex time. Yeah. You can manipulate audio and yeah, yeah. Cl- option click one a break beat and it'll just slice Blah. it over yep. on the drum yeah, rack yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. oh, this is crazy. And I just started using that like my little, you know, like drum machine type pad and get ideas together and then move them over to Logic and finish them out. It, I did, when I started really learning it, I realized that that's a beast on onto itself so now I'll find myself where like Ableton is always open so if I have an idea I'll drag something in there chop it up manipulate it and and finish it right in Ableton mm-hmm. you know I really do I come out of Ableton now and Logic is still something I use but you know it's, it's I don't feel like I have the same creative kind of like what you were saying I don't feel as creative in Logic yeah. I feel like I'm a you know I feel like Logic is something I use when you know, I know exactly what needs to be done in terms of like, you know, professional grade program. But when I want to do some crazy, bare bones hip hop raw type shit, that's what Ableton is for me. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Oh, what do you want right now? Logic, Pro Tools, um, Machine now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Logic um, for production, Pro Tools for tracking, editing, little mixing, and plugins. All right. Pretty simple. I mean, I I'm, I was torn for the longest with the DAWs and all that stuff. So what are you using that? I mean, I'm I'm on able. I'm in I'm in Ableton. And nine, you know, you're and nine yet? I'm in. Oh, I'm smack. I'm. She's sm- been on nine. <laughs> you know, who show, you show me Ableton, and Jazzy Jeff showed me Ableton. Yeah, Ableton uh, Jeff, is pretty Jeff, crazy. Jeff was, Jeff was the um the evangelist for yeah, Ableton. Yeah, when man. nobody was really checking for it down yeah. our down our way. Like man, you gotta come use Ableton. <laughs> I'm like, what is Ableton? Yeah, when he opened it up for the first time, I was like, what? The well, it's a different, it's a whole different way of thinking too. Uh, like yeah. the whole structure and machine is the same way. I'm I'm on machine, you know, full fledged. You know, I'm the product specialist for Native Instruments too. So, okay. you know, that's that's a part of my day to day. You know, converting people over, getting them on there. I mean, and it's 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 an amazing tool. I mean, all that and then it, it houses all your sounds for you. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're in complete nine and you don't want to be in a DAW, like, you know, like you said, sometimes you're in the box. Yeah. You feel like, oh, man, I'm in the software. You still have the, the hardware to touch and then you still have all the access to the VSTs and everything. Yeah. And then, I mean, I it depends on my mood sometimes. Sometimes I might be feeling Logic. I might be feeling Ableton. But, you know, I, you do have to commit 
to one and master it and, you know, so you could find your sound sometimes, you know. But I think it, it's about how you feel when you're using all these different things. Mm-hmm. What are you using now, E? Still Ableton. I've been using Ableton for a long time. I'd say nine years, maybe. Wow. Yeah, I, I have a. Are you a power user? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have a good friend who's more of an electronic. I mean, he started as a hip hop DJ, but he's more of an electronic producer, and he he got me on Ableton early on. So, yeah. All right, y'all. Well. Thank you for coming and checking out our special edition of Blap on the Radio. Yeah, shout I out mean, to Ilman shout too. out to Ilmine and, and Sean. Sean. Mm-hmm. And um, I really want to, you know, have a special thanks to Ivan for being my co-host and Omen and Kwame. Thank you yeah, so thanks much. For yeah, thanks I mean, for having. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And E, you know, you hold me down like you know every week. That's so what we do. for everybody, you know, listening, thank you for tuning in and you know, tweet these guys. Where can they follow you guys? And where can they find you? You know information on everybody and the projects you're working on um for me kwame uh it's at instagram it's kwame vision at twitter it's kwame did it d-i-d-i-t and facebook kwame the boy genius um instagram and twitter is docs ortho that's d-o-x-o-r-t-h-l it's like orthodox flipped around docs ortho Take yeah. Orthodox with that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like that bomb, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what about you, O? Uh, produced by Omen at both uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook. And you can follow me also at um, Stoney's Music, S T O N I S Music, M U S I C. And the same thing for in my Instagram also. So please follow me and Generic. Don't worry about me. I'm on there somewhere. And everything. I'm just an Wait, asshole on. on Twitter. <laughs> and don't forget, every every ten thousand followers she gets, she's gonna give a free machine. So, but it's so a piece of the machine. You gotta keep putting it together. Every ten thousand. Every ten thousand. Right. Every 10, <laughs> Someone could just pay fifty bucks for ten thousand followers and just okay. hook her up, and they're good. All right. Where can they follow you? Oh, G E N underscore E R I K generic. That's it. That's it. All right. Peace. Blah 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 blah. Hey.